So good. Um, it, it's just amazing having you in our church. Daz Chettle and Bree, if you're around. Kids, yeah, okay. Uh, just want to honor the courage uh, that is, it's almost intuitive courage, though. It's like you just kind of have it. <laughs> but I know that it takes, uh, it, there's, a, there's a cost with the ministry that you have uh, and the call that you are pursuing to fulfill. So I just, and to write a book is incredible in itself. So let's just put our hands together again for Daz, for Bree, and for Jesus, who's doing wonderful things. Um, you know, through, um, oh, we're anticipating, we're just, we're just starting out, man. I know, he's just starting out. Um, so it's awesome to have such a wonderful full room with all you incredible faces today. How about you give yourselves a hand uh, right now, just for for coming out on a long weekend. It's so good to have you with us. Um, Annie and Grant Fitney, are you guys in the room? You're in the room. Welcome to the stage. Let's give Annie and Grant a bit of a hand right now. Flip, you guys look like you're um, going on a journey, guys. <laughs> now, have we got a microphone for you? We do. Oh, that's awesome. Like, you're welcome to try and sort of perch yourself on a bar stool there. I've got one to perch on here as well. And we're just going to uh, just take a moment just to find out what these guys are doing. So you're not uh, wearing your, your usual Sunday dress, um, Grant. Uh, yeah, well, tell, tell us what's happening. So straight after harvest now, in a week's time, Annie and I are um, leaving our comfort of, of home and um, putting aside the comfort of, of, of life and um, stepping out onto the Te Araroa Trail. I don't know how many people know that. Um, it's a trail from Cape Rianga to Bluff. and we uh, Just a little walk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Te Araroa means the long pathway. Uh, yeah. 3,000 K, uh, Annie just apparently said. Apparently it's yeah. just over now. The latest update is it's over 3,000 now. So. Wow. <laughs> Didn't do an extra lap. <laughs> oh, wow. So tell us, um, Annie, why are you doing this? What's, yeah, what's compelled you for this epic journey? I need part two of my weight loss program. <laughs> so over the last five years, we've had a lot of loss, of bereavement. Uh, sorry, <laughs> um, of loss with employment, of loss of um, identity, of loss with um, connections, um, a lot of loss. And it brings you to that place, like was said before, when the water goes low, the, the rocks come. God is our rock. God is the one we stand on. But gosh, <laughs> it's crazy, the overwhelmingness of it. But we're coming through that. And God says he'll turn our morning to dancing. He's turning our morning into trekking. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. And, and as we've been stripped away from a lot of things, um, we've really started to wonder, God, what is our purpose of being here for you? Um, that's where Harvest Now is very pivotal to us. And so we've got a real heart for the nation. And so partly it's a prayer walk for us, and we're excited to see who God is going to put on our path um, and to see who we encounter on that journey. But it will be um, a journey of 
intimacy, greater intimacy with God, um, but also a courage, a step of faith for us to see how God's going to use us. So we expect to come back changed. Um, and we're holding our hands open very lightly. We've rented our house out. We're just going, Lord, show us what we're to do when we get back, but on this journey too, very much so. Well, and Grant, do you just want to just share just something that you've had to sacrifice, I guess, to let go to do something as big as this? Yeah. Yeah, so um, like Annie was saying, in the last few years, we've had a quite a bit of loss and um, had to let go a few things and... Um, well, I've had work and I've decided, you know, I've focused on work and thought, well, at least that's something God's given me work to do and keep my hands busy. It's always good to provide for family and, um, you know, that's a God thing. Uh, but then I felt like God was sort of putting his finger on that too, you know, because I was identifying his work as where I see my worth and value and realizing that, you know, uh, there's more, there has to be more than just yeah. that. And so we've been... So we've been asking God, you know, and he's been leading us. And I've actually finished the business after 27 years I've been in business. So, wow. Um, wow. Because, you know, we just feel like God's got more. Yeah. Yeah. There's a next chapter for you guys, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, what are you anticipating um, in this? I'm anticipating we'll still be talking after six months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but really for us, it's, oh, Weight loss, that's a, a good thing I'm anticipating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But otherwise, it's that level of intimacy with God when we're stripped of all the baggage. and But equally, when we're stripped of all the resources that God gives us to be able to minister to others, that's what I'm finding hard. So it's who am I now, God, in you in this season? And how do you want to use me? Um, I remember years ago when I moved to New Zealand, 25 years ago, my mum said, you're a missionary. And... I've never felt that I am, but maybe this is the time. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, but it, our outcome is that we want to know God more. We want to be God more to people. We want to increase in courage and in strength to really use him more through our lives. You know, every step of this journey, may it be God-honoring. And, yeah, we're excited. We're scared. We're either amazing or we're stupid. And I'm, I'm erring on stupid at the moment. But, but we, we really want just to be God's children and used by him. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Um, did you want to add to that, Grant? Uh, I'm just um, wanting to say I'm, I'm believing that we're going to be um, sharing good news in the mountains and the valleys and and yeah. in God's beautiful creation and, and the people yeah. we meet. Yeah. Come on. Um, isn't that amazing? I think something that I've really uh, admired about you guys, having known you for, I don't know, two or three years now, um, is that your faith is real. Um, you know, it's not a Sunday thing for you. You guys um, obviously have a deep faith, but then you love to express what you believe. Um, and so, Annie, you've come in and you've been helping um, lead Thrive Helps here uh, because you've just got a there's, a, there's a real depth to Annie. She just wants to, and, and Grant, I know there's depth there too, bro. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> you, you've, something I've seen is that there's this desire to meet uh, practical and spiritual needs of the less, of less fortunate people. Um, and so do you want to just share a little bit about what, what has been happening in Thrive Helps for the last year or so? 
So I was invited to um, sort of coordinate Thrive Helps and that came to a place of just finding out what actually was happening. And Donna Russell, um, I just want to pay tribute to Donna. She's done a fantastic job. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Thank you, Donna. Of maintaining what's been known as the pantry. And that was providing practical um, food parcels to those who in need um, for various times. So she would go to the supermarket and make purchases and support the family and pray with them and um, really be there to, to guide and, and journey through those difficult times. Um, so the pantry, because of the cost of, of um, all groceries, as we all know, I'm very aware that can limit the number that we could support because obviously when you're paying 100 bucks for groceries, that's not going to go to many people. So we've linked now with um, Satisfy Food Rescue and they get food items from supermarkets that may have reached their sell-by date. Not necessarily their use-by date, but their sell-by dates. Um, it could be restaurants that have had cancellations. It could be orders that haven't been fulfilled. All those sort of things um, mean that there's excess food and that goes to an organisation satisfying Kayapoi. So now every Wednesday we receive um, food from Satisfy and at the moment we're supporting seven families with food parcels every week, which is incredible really. And also some of that food we've used for cook-ups. Mm. So some probably in here have been involved when we meet in a commercial kitchen and we make um, dinners and desserts that can go in the freezer here. Some of you might have received some of those. So if you know a family in need, um, for whatever reason, where you go, a meal would really help. I can't do a meal, but there's one in the freezer at church. That's what that is for. Then I know that Peter Frew helps people with budgeting advice, um, just to guide and support there. But then also, it's come onto my radar recently, there's a family really struggling um, just really to keep their heads above water. And while you can practically help with um, food parcels, they're actually needing help just to clean the house, that's become too overwhelming. You know, op opportunities to help with gardening and things. So there's a huge scope where God can really use us as his hands and feet in the community. Um, but as God says, <coughs> excuse me, in his word, you know, the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. We've got a fantastic small team we're developing, but I'm obviously stepping aside. I can't really coordinate things from Kate Brienger. And... Um, Donna now has um, let me know that she's se stepping aside as well. So we only have a very small team. So if there's anybody out there who could just come and help for an hour on a Wednesday lunchtime just to put the food parcels together or to go and deliver them to somebody and just have a week connect and even pray for somebody, that would be fantastic. And then it's in God's hands, all of this um, Thrive Helps, and we'll see how God causes it to grow, whether I'm here or not. But if anyone's interested, please get in touch with Kerry or myself, or yeah, because so we need more helpers. But it's an amazing ministry and a real privilege. Yeah. Yeah, if there's something that's stirring in you, just as you hear that, um, just, yeah, don't just sweep that under the rug. Um, the Holy Spirit could be talking to you about that. So we'd love to connect with you because we want to see the expression of God's love um, practically into our community. So, yeah. Can I just say, sorry, so we're not here next th next Sunday. We're starting walking mm, next Sunday. That's right. And um, we're hoping to get some sort of blog going. It's 
bottom of my list, <laughs> um, hasn't happened, but please feel free to follow us um, and just see the miracles that we're believing God's going to do. But also, if you remember to pray for us, we'd really value that. Our yeah. bodies are getting older. We haven't worn in our shoes. <laughs> we're mm. just not sure how we're going to cope physically, mm. but God knows. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And we'd like to pray for you right now as well um, before you go. And it's interesting, uh, Wayne and Sue Bond, they've gone up to uh, the North Island and they've just, they're just praying around the North Island for this next week or so, being led by the Spirit of God and doing what they're doing. So God's really stirring this intercession. Um, yeah. Sorry, nice. if anyone wants to come and join us on any oh, part, yeah. feel free to. <laughs> so good. Hey, well, let's, um, let's stand, guys, um, and pray for Grant and Annie. We're going to commission you of sorts, really, because this is a God thing. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus. Anyone wants to come up and support as well? Thank you, Holy Spirit. We just thank you for your presence. We thank you for these gems. Lord, we just thank you that this is not an aimless walk that they're going on, God, but they are, they are stepping into something where you've gone before them, Jesus. We thank you, Father, that they're pressing on to win the goal, uh, for, you know, to win the prize that God's calling them heavenward and for, for in Christ Jesus. And so we, we commission them today. We commission them for this path that you've set before them. We bless them today with the strength and the power of the Holy Ghost. We thank you, Father, for, for great endurance on this walk. Lord, but we thank you for the freedom, for the trail that they're going to blaze for the gospel of Jesus Christ, for the prayers they're going to pray. Lord, we pray that you would give them the gift of discernment, Lord. Increase that as they walk through this nation, Father. Open their eyes into the spirit realm and may they declare a thing and, and it will be, it will be said uh, on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. God, we bless their health. Father, may they have great health over this, Father. We bless them to prosper in this season, Lord, that they would prosper in soul and be in health, God. Father, we thank you for, for unfolding the next season, that they're, they're really stepping out and letting the past go. And we thank you for the next season for them, Lord, for this walk and then beyond the walk, Father. So today we bless them in the name of Jesus and we celebrate the work and what they're doing in your awesome name. Amen. Let's put our hands together for Grant and for Annie. We love you guys. Have a great walk. <laughs> so awesome. I steal that. That's, that's fantastic. I think I've got just a little iPad stand down there that'll be That'd be helpful. Uh, wonderful to have you with us if you're watching online today as well. We are finishing today's service with communion. So um, if you're online, uh, you, you could just go to the kitchen and grab some, grab some snacks. Um, hey, uh, so I do, have, I do have a word for you this morning, and I'll just kind of see where we, we go with it. Um, I, I've, um, I've had a, I, you know, we talk a bit about dreams and, and visions, and, and, and it says in Acts in, in the last day. I spoke this a few weeks ago. I'll, I'll pour out my spirit. And young or old men will dream dreams and see visions. Um, it's 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 biblical to have uh, to have dreams, and these are the kind of dreams that aren't 
accidental dreams, but you know God actually wants to engage with our spirit in the night. So that's what the dream's about. There's a, there's a, and, and, I, and I'm sharing this because I've had some kind of disturbing dreams in the last three, three weeks. I've, I've had two dreams about witches. Um, one witch was trying to hand me something to eat, and I said, no, I'm not going to have that. Uh, last night, I had a dream about three witches that were um, just, that were around me, and I was praying in the name of Jesus, binding up what was over their lives, and I think I woke Debbie up, and I woke myself up, um, or she woke me up anyway, uh, and and I very very clear earlier this week I woke myself into up interceding and praying for a pastor in the city, um, and I'd said to the Lord about you know a month or so ago you know use my sleep use my use my <laughs> use the space like it's eight hours right um, and it's a space where our spirit can come alive with His spirit I want, I'm just interested is there anyone else who's having dreams in this time. Yeah, see that hand, that hand, like spiritual dreams um, that, that are God dreams that are disturbing, you know. Um, anyone who's, who's struggling with nightmares right now and at this time? Someone down the back? Nightmares? Let's just pray right now for these guys. Let's just pray for those ones that are just, Jesus, we just, if you just lifted your hand up and you could connect with that nightmares thing, just put your hand on your heart right now. We're just going to pray for you. Um, yeah, Jesus, we just thank you that we thank you for God ordained dreams, and we um, we thank you that your perfect love casts out fear. So that's the standard. So right now, we just declare that over anyone who's struggling over those dreams in the night, the the the, the terror of the night. Um, we speak to those gateways where terror came in, and we just we just thank you for your healing heart, your healing hands over fear, over fear gateways, whether they were horror movies, trauma. We just thank you that you're bigger than fear and you're bigger than terror. And so we just bind up any familiar spirit in Jesus' name. We bind that spirit in Jesus' name, and we release life, and we release the, the dreams from heaven today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just be aware of, of your dream space. Be aware because it's a, that dream space is very much a gateway space as well. And, and, um, and just if you are struggling with, with bad dreams, talk to someone, get prayer about it, don't tolerate it. Jesus wants to heal you. It's just a, it's just another thing. It's just another thing of healing. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was out for a run. And I actually posted this on my family page, and I was, I was running, and um, I just was having this revelation of of Gideon, and um, Gideon was, you know, he was that guy um, in Judges, I think it's chapter six, and he was in a wine press. He was. Um, he was obviously called to be a warrior, but he was hiding out from the Midianites, and an angel of the Lord encountered him, and you know, he said, wake up, <laughs> you know, you're a mighty man of God, you're a mighty man of valor, you're, you're called to go, you're called to, 
to set my people free. And I was just so gripped by the fact that, that Gideon became so disturbed by the Word of God, by the, the presence of an angel. And everything that had disturbed him up to that moment, the oppression of the Midianites, the fear of failure, the fact that he was the least in his clan and his clan was the least, all those things that had disturbed his life, just kind of, they paled into the back as he became disturbed by the Lord and by the King of Kings and by the call of God on his life. And I just, I want to, I want to be a bit like Gideon. <laughs> Come on. I mean, I don't, I don't want to blow my own trumpet. I don't, I'm not here for the, any of that nonsense. But I want us to see the Lord in the stature and in the status of who He really is. Because if, who, if, if we could see Him as who He is, then the world and the fear and all the rubbish and all the stuff that we get caught up with, all the distractions of life and the insignificance that we feel about ourselves, it would just, that would just go away. And we would see Him as, as He is and we would see ourselves in the light and in the way that He sees us. And that's what happened to Gideon. And he still had a journey, you know, obviously to to walk out as well, but I've just been, you know, just kind of disturbed in the last few weeks, whether it's been dreams or just God speaking to me about, and, and, and there's a part of me that's just like discontent with, I'm like, there's more. There's just, there's just more. And I want to, I want to read you a, a slightly disturbing passage of scripture, and I'm sorry, I just, I'm just, I'm just on my disturbing kind of thing. So I thought, well, you can be disturbed too, and we can all be disturbed and then comfort each other. Um, I don't know if you've seen Schindler's List or Saving Private Ryan, and there were a couple of movies I'm just reflecting on. We're just disturbing. Hard to watch, but true. You know, it happened. The Holocaust was real. War was, it was brutal. And, and Jesus, you know, Jesus came to bring hope and he came to bring life, and he came full of grace and truth. But even grace and truth is designed to disturb us. Um, Luke 16, verse 19. Thank you. I was going to do an Annie then and cry. Um, <laughs> no, that's now, that's now an Annie. That's not a Glenn. <laughs> She didn't do it, Glenn. Okay. There was a rich man. Um, I think we've got this here. Yeah, there's a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried in Hades, where he was in torment. He looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. Lazarus. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip 
the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, son, remember that in your lifetime you received good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he's comforted here and you're in agony. Besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here, you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family for of five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father, Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to them, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. Isn't that a disturbing passage? And I've, you know, there's some commentators uh, that look at this passage and just say that this isn't actually an eternity. This is not about an eternity question. This is actually about, this is some kind of metaphor. And um, I just can't buy into that. Um, I will, uh, I'm open minded. <laughs> I'm open-minded with the word, but this here is so direct. This is this parable represents this confronting idea that God sees what we do today having direct implications in eternity. Um, and it's interesting. It's the only parable uh, that Jesus shared that he uses actual names of people, and so. There's a sense that Jesus is making this parable really personal as well to us. And it's about, it's about eternity. And, uh, and, and Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He has set eternity in the hearts of man. Uh, yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning of end. And there's this, there's this you know, we, we read that text and God can see eternity. He can see what we're doing today in light of eternity. And we have an awareness that, that, that our life is worth more than just the 70 to 100 years or whatever it is that, that our life is going to echo in eternity because He's actually set eternity in our hearts. And friend, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, as your eternal friend, then He is for you and he died for you and he created a bridge for us to cross into eternity um you know it would be um looking at this the scripture this passage it would be kind of like simplistic and and inaccurate to to conclude from this that heaven is earned by poverty and hell is earned by wealth you know that's it's not what's going on here. So if you received a pay rise or an inheritance in the last week, you're okay. <laughs> you go, <sighs> You know, poverty isn't like a Christian badge of honor that we're meant to that we're meant to wear. And we can see in this moment that the rich man and when they when they they died, that their situations reversed. What, what was on earth flipped out in eternity. And the, the rich man, he suffered in Hades. And the poor man, he enjoyed the comfort and, and the, 
the happiness of of heaven. And this passage confronts us with this back to front idea that Jesus talks about that the first will be last and the last will be first, that our temporary sacrifice on earth here will pay off in eternity. But also temporal excess, this is a big thought, temporal excess at another person's expense can also cost us. This is, this is something, I'm just in conversation here. This is what I'm seeing in the text. You can come and talk with me later if you're like seeing something else. But the thing about it is, is that this parable is not isolated as well. There's a host of other teachings by Jesus and the apostles. And let me just summarize a few passages in Matthew 5. 3 to 12, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, those who are meek, those who are hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who are persecuted. And then it says in verse 12, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. Matthew 23, 12, those who are exalted in this life will be humbled in the next. Those who are humbled here on earth will be exalted in heaven. James 1, uh, 9 to 12, those who are poor in this world will be often be rich in the next, and those who are rich in this world will often be poor in the next. And you can just you can check that out. And so Jesus is promising us that ultimately heaven's justice is actually going to be manifested in our lives. That you know, the upside down world <laughs> that we live in is going to be actually turned right side up. Because what we see in this world is actually, it's corruption in many ways for what it's going to be like in heaven. It says in Matthew, 12, uh, Matthew 6, you know, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Um, it's good for us to remember as well, you know, even as, uh, you know, I shouldn't say even as, but to the lower middle class citizen in New Zealand that, you know, we are amongst the wealthiest people that have ever lived on this planet <laughs> in all of history. And, and I don't want to bring this, world, this word today to dump a super heavy on you or because I've got all this worked out as well because, you know, we kind of like, I read this passage, I'm like, oh, what part am I, am, am I, am I in balance here with heaven? And so I don't, I just bring, I just want to bring the word <laughs> and let the word be the word this morning. Um, and because Jesus urges us to spend our lives on earth in light of eternity, isn't he? That's, that's what he's urging us to do. And, you know, you've heard this before as well, that Jesus doesn't entrust his wealth to us to increase our standard of, of living, but to increase our standard of giving. So a few thoughts about the rich man, because that's the bit that I'm like, ooh, could I be that guy? <laughs> what if I'm that guy? I really don't want to be that guy. Um, here's a few thoughts. We aren't told that he was dishonest or irreligious or worse than the average guy. We don't know whether he hated, despised Lazarus or not. All we know is that he ignored him at the gate. 
and that he probably walked past him every day. And he probably lived as though the poor man didn't exist. So, Father, this is the prayer. Father, show us the poor ones at our gate. Show us the poor at our gate that we may be compelled with love. I've read, I read this book recently that was another disturbing book called The Relentless Tenderness of Jesus by Brendan, Brennan Manning. Here's another potentially disturbing fact. He's a Catholic priest. And he writes, 100 years ago in the deep south of America, the phrase born again was seldom used. Rather, the words used to describe the breakthrough into personal relationship with Jesus were, I was seized by the power of great affection. Isn't that beautiful? It was deeply human and, mo- and moving way. It was a deeply human and moving way to describe the initiative of God and the explosion within the human heart when Jesus became Lord of one's personal and professional life. I was seized by the power of great affection. Isn't that beautiful? And I think it just kind of frames the, um, the incredible awareness that God loves us unconditionally as we are, and He doesn't hold His love back from us until we're more lovable. <laughs> right now, more Lord, may we have this revelation of the great affection that He has towards us. You know, it wasn't the Ten Commandments that compelled the Good Samaritan to help and love his neighbor on the on the side of the road. And you know, it was the it was the 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 priest and the Levite. They they passed him by because it wasn't actually a legal requirement for them to stop and help. And so Jesus is talking about what it means to love to love our neighbor, to, to engage with compassion and even when it's not you know it's it's not um even we're sorry even when we're not at fault for their condition love still responds and so today you know it's been it's awesome to celebrate daz and his book launch to to celebrate Annie and Grant and their epic adventure uh, with what what they're doing. But that's those guys. What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing today? What are we doing when we look into, heck, 2023? Um, you know, we're all commissioned to be God's delivery people. In some way, in some shape or form, uh, you know, much of what he puts in in our hands, he places there so that we can bring expression to his nature and his his great affection in our lives. Would that, that it would be made manifest to our community through us. And and I'm not talking just about the physical needs, but the the spiritual needs as well. You know, Jesus when Jesus commissioned his disciples and and where is it in Matthew 10 he said you know heal the sick raise the dead cleanse those who have leprosy drive out demons freely you've received 
freely give. It's kind of like this kingdom is the full package. <laughs> it's the full fullness of God. I love this quote. I think Sue Bond posted this somewhere this week, actually, from Charles Spurgeon. Let us live, you know, today as if we shall wish we had lived when life is over. It's disturbing. <laughs> it's disturbing. Um, and I, uh, I realize one of the things, just in, in closing, really, one of the things that that God wants us to do to be able to be compelled by love is to actually deconstruct the things that stop us. And I, as I was just meditating on this how I'd finished today, I just, I, I just had a, a, uh, a recollection of when I was at a City New Life meeting years ago, 20 years ago, and the guy's talking about a certain group of people, he's talking about, I think it was a denomination, and I thought about the denomination I came towards from, but I had, when this guy was preaching, I just had this revelation that I was holding judgment in my heart towards these people. It was never, ever a big deal, but I was like, ah, oh, I'm holding judgment against this type of belief. And, um, and before that moment, I also realized that I'd wanted to isolate myself from them. I was like, I didn't even know I was doing that. No, I just had this revelation. I was actually subconsciously isolating myself from these people and and Jesus just got my heart and um, healed me and he gave me these eyes of compassion and my guard came down towards them. You know that's a, when you're feeling defensive. It's also like, oh, I don't have to I don't have to be defensive towards them. Let me look, give you this thought. You know, we can't we'll never see people through the eyes of love if we're holding judgment towards them. Jesus told this other disturbing parable uh, about a Pharisee and a tax collector in Luke 18. Let me read. I mean, we're just going to go all in today. <laughs> the, Pharisee, the, the Pharisee and a tax collector that went to the temple. And the Pharisee prayed this, God, I thank you that I'm not like the other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like that tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And then Jesus said, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, the tax, you know, the, this man, the tax collector, went home justified before God, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all those who humble themselves will be exalted. You know, pride will blind us to our, our own need of grace, eh? Confronting. I just want to um, just, just take a moment right now. I know the kids are about to storm back in here, and that's awesome. Um, 
if you, you know, because we all hold judgment in our heart at times. If you've been, if you've, if you feel like, man, I'm just connecting with this word in some way, I want to just give you an opportunity right now with the Holy Spirit, just to ask the Holy Spirit, who have I been judging? Just ask the Holy Spirit right now, who have I been judging? And who do I need to, who do I need to forgive and let go from my heart today? Just take a moment just to surrender your preconceived ideas about a people group. Jesus just wants his, his unconditional love to flow through your life. To the poor in spirit, to the poor. Um, he wants that to just flow, to be a gateway from your life, through your life. Jesus, may we become more aware May we become more aware of your love for us, Jesus, and your love for others today.